Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Oh, I was like, what is this on our bug? But I see the live now. Cool, cool beans, JP. Nice, nicely done. Um, I, I, I'm just, the mode, the little things. I saw this <laughs> random like red speck on my screen, and I thought it was like something I needed to get off of my screen, and then I realized what it was. JP's always new and improving stuff, man. Yeah, every day there's something different. Flexing over there, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I just want to uh, introduce you to your toes and make sure you still remember where they are. All right, we appreciate that. Um, not looking forward to this next segment per se because we have to revisit last Saturday's debacle in Nissan Stadium. Um, of course, we kind of brought this on ourselves. We did, we did, but you know, it's never, never a bad thing when we get a chance to talk to uh, Teresa Walker, who will join us now, and looking forward to it. But uh, four hours ago, Mo, and maybe Teresa can give us some insight here. AJ Brown tweets: "I promise I will do better than Michael Jordan in baseball." And now I'm very scared. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, AJ's not leaving us, is he, to go play <laughs> d- baseball, is he? Because they're not playing. He he knows they're in a lockout, right? Is he gonna be one of the scabs? Uh, I hadn't, I hadn't seen the tweet. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, uh, seems a little early to be starting negotiating. Uh, <laughs> Titans, you know, we I kind of expect them to want to re-sign him to or you know sign him to an ex- extension. I mean, you know, he just set a playoff franchise record with 142 yards receiving. Um, and you know, considering how close he was to a thousand yard season, with you know having been on IR for three games and missing pieces of another a couple other games, uh, you know, he had a you know, people should not err on the side of thinking he did not follow up his Pro Bowl season well, but. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, um, I, I'm going to find that tweet and figure out what's up, but that doesn't make a lot of sense because yes, uh, the M- M- major league baseball is on a lockout right now and, uh, you know, they're putting their own spring training at risk. So, uh, yeah, uh, no clue what AJ may be meaning with that. Well, let me, let me, um, try to enlighten or further muddy the situation there is a website sports keda sports k-e-e-d-a.com that has something up on this um aj brown makes his intentions clear about playing in mlb um this he had a tweet he retweeted a post about bo jackson and he said sometimes i think about playing both sports again at padres all i need is a workout i still got it and um and so then i guess he followed up by with his i promise i'd be better than michael jordan but for those who may not know apparently aj was drafted by the padres out of high school before he signed a football scholarship with old miss he um so there's could you imagine manny and AJ Brown and Tatis and Ryan Weathers <laughs> drafted wow. in the 19th round of the 20 
of the 2016 draft out of Starkville High School in Starkville, Mississippi. Huh. Who knew? Uh, I, I'll just say this. Uh, you know, sometimes it's better to just stick with the sports that you've spent the last few years working on. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. You better be able to hit the curve if you're going <laughs> to try that because we saw what happened to MJ when he tried that. In fact, I, I'm just working on something. And as a reminder, his baseball career went so swimmingly that uh, on March 18, 1995, that's when he announced with the facts that he was back in his primary sport. So, um, yeah, you better be able to hit the curve. And, I mean, with his skills, could he play baseball? I mean, he's an incredible athlete. You know, watching the way he tracks down the football, you know, I could easily see him playing outfield or whatever he wanted to do. That said he is rather poised for a big payday in the coming months from the Tennessee Titans no doubt I think though working in his favor Teresa is he's only 24 he'll be 25 in June I mean if you're if you're really wanting to entertain this possibility I mean he's not as far removed from having played at the high school level as Jordan was when he undertook his second career so you know i wouldn't discount it like you said he's a heck of an athlete and maybe he's just trying to gain a little negotiation leverage like we like we said so but it's 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 intriguing and look mo and chris i'll say this looking at the tweet that he responded to which is from the great account super 70 sports mm-hmm. uh you know i I'm just going to say that maybe he saw a tweet and tweeted a couple of things mm-hmm. and we're already in the season for football, at least with this team, of trying to divine the tea leaves and tweets to, you know, pull something out of the woodwork. Uh, I mean, a- a- until, you know, I- I'm not going to I- there's no smoke there. I- I- yeah. That's my my guess at this point. They call it the silly season, but right, Teresa? Yes, and it, it, you for know, good that's, reasons. That's where mm-hmm. they're at. So, yeah. for good reasons, and and we're you know the, the, there's a lot of Titan fans in the silly season wanting to figure out. Well, let's go get Aaron Rodgers. Let's get Russell Wilson. And and guys, I'm actually working on a story uh, for next week as part of as we're looking at all the LA Super Bowls next week before you know in the off week before everything really cranks up to uh, you know they yank the knob off essentially for uh, the Super Bowl coverage the week after. And I, I talked to Terry Bradshaw yesterday for the story, and it was interesting. He told me he had a bad game, uh, three interceptions in that game. Uh, he also threw, you know, a key touchdown, 73-yarder to John Stallworth. But, you know, three interceptions, and yet he was named MVP because they did win the game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is picked off three times, and people are ready to just dip him all out of here. And I, I know there's a lot of anger, frustration, just the emotions are still swirling, even though it's now Wednesday, uh, and probably will swirl for a few more weeks, let's be honest. But, you know, he, I, I just can't see – I know that there's ways to make millions of dollars kind of disappear in the NFL with restructures or anything, but the deal that he – he restructured last year to help him get Julio Jones. And that those numbers – his cap figure, his salary number, the dead cap hit that they would take. The dead cap hit is over $50 million. Uh, I, I'm old enough to remember when in 2006, 
Steve McNair was going to count a quarter of the salary cap then. And Bud Adams said, stay away. Don't you come working out in our facility. I don't want to risk a dumbbell falling on your foot and us getting stuck with the tab for your salary this year. So, uh, you know, it's fun if you're playing fantasy football. Just don't expect it to happen in the real world. Well, you know, speaking of those three interceptions, I'm watching an NFL Films tweet right now where uh, Mike Hilton is on the sideline prior to the second of those three interceptions looking at the uh, tablet saying, he's going to throw it and I'm going to catch it. And then, of course, yeah. He threw it? He threw it and he caught it. it. And so, uh, you know. That's that's what they call calling your shot, right? Well, and and I mean, obviously, we we don't know this. We don't know whether it was, you know, a Downing decision, a Tannehill decision, pre-snap or what. But you know, it just goes back to feeling like this offense was very predictable at times this year. Yeah. Absolutely. And we saw, you know, Mike Rabel, you know, moved quickly yesterday, clearing out like four assistant coaches, uh, assistants to assistants, most of them, except for Jim Hazlitt, former head coach and inside linebackers coach. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, at what point does he, you know, sit down and look with, you know, look at the offense because, you know, and, and he said, you know, the belief is that injuries, you know, led to a big part of the challenges this year, right? Uh, before, the injuries really started rolling, you know, before they lost Derrick Henry, this offense was executing on par with where it was last year. I mean, you know, remember when they were rolling through that six game winning streak and, you know, they were putting up a ton of points and the offense seemed to be clicking really well with the exception of that death game. Um, but, you know, and, but that's the key is figuring out, you know, I've heard a lot of people who certainly know football better than I do saying that, you know, the, they didn't give a lot of help. You know, the, you know, the first interception, Jesse Bates, there was nobody running toward the middle of the field to, you know, help draw that safety away from Julio Jones. And instead he jumped that pass reading, you know, Tanny Hill tipped it. You know, he, he showed he was going toward Julio and they jumped it. So, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the challenge is figuring out. And Mike Vrabel, I've had people say, message me on Twitter saying, well, does Vrabel even know what he's talking about on offense? He's a defensive guy. And it's like, when you play 14 years as a linebacker in the NFL, I'm pretty sure you can watch tape and figure out when, you know, what you're looking at. You have to defend it, people. That doesn't mean you're completely out of the loop on how an offense operates. And, you know, he's been here now three other seasons. So he saw how this offense was operating under Arthur Smith. And, and, and as good as it was last year, you know, it really took off once they got Ryan Tannehill in the lineup in mid-October of 2019. Uh, so he can see what it was then, see what it, you know, what happened this year, and, and should be able to evaluate the differences and is Todd Downing the guy to blame? I mean, you know, it, it's easy to look and say it could have, should have been better. Um, and, you know, guess what? Mike Vrabel's the one who, you know, he's going to have to make that decision. He said that Todd Downing's a great coach a hard worker, communicates well. Uh, the one thing he didn't quite say, if I'm forgetting it, was that, you know, he just he's just a great schemer. So, you know, maybe maybe this is something that they decide will work on it and try to see what goes on further this year, just get more talent. He did say that they have to be great around Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, guess what? This franchise never addressed 
uh, tight end last year. Now, I'm sorry, Anthony Ferkser banking on him being your number one. It, that 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 busted, and you know you, you got what you got out of him and Jeff Swain. Uh, you didn't accurately and you know properly replace Johnny Smith. And then on the receiving core, guys, you know when Julio and AJ Brown were on IR, that you know, and then the other injuries, Marcus Johnson, they were stuck, you know, starting an undrafted receiver out of Indiana, Indiana, Nick Westbrook, Akina, and promoting a guy from the practice squad and Cody Hollister to start in New England. So that, to me, also points out that they didn't build their depth at wide receiver enough as well. I mean, what did we see so much out of the weekend? You know, Josh Allen, you know, they, they were the, the Chiefs were taking away Stephon Diggs. Well, he finds Gabriel Davis for four touchdowns, right? Um, the Chiefs, they've got Tyree Kill. They've got Pringle. they got Kelsey. You know, so it's like they've got – you've got to have weapons. You know, it, it's nice that this is a running team that ran the ball more than any NFL team this last year. And, you know, they managed to bring fifth in rushing, but that rushing game struggled at the points where they absolutely needed it uh, on Saturday. And, you know, the, the turnovers were just – you know, they couldn't overcome them. Turnovers, obviously the biggest issue, but this defense was phenomenal. And I uh, just want to get your quick thoughts on, you know, how impressed you and others were with how great this defense played on Saturday. Oh, it was amazing. And, I mean, nine sacks to tie a postseason a single game record. Jeffrey Simmons, three sacks. I mean, you know, this is a guy that if he's not Pro Bowl next year, uh, all pro. I mean, he was second team all pro. Uh, I think he was tied with Chris Jones with 10, you know, 10 votes. But I mean, and, and, you know, Kevin Byard, Christian Fulton will have another season to, to build and, and improve on his year. You hopefully get Caleb Farley back. You, you know, a year ago, it was kind of like, well, wait a minute, what are you doing with Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans? Remember, they didn't pick up Rashawn Evans' fifth year option. And now what they've got is David Long steps up and take, just grabs one of the starting positions on the inside at linebacker. And then, oh, you pick up Zach Cunningham off waivers. So, you know, they, they, they upgraded that part of the, the area. The biggest question on defense this offseason is going to be, do they, can they re-sign Harold Landry coming off a career-high 12 sacks? And, oh, yeah, he's now going to the Pro Bowl as an injury replacement for uh, Joey Bosa. So, um, you know, that price tag is going to be pricey. So, and, and I think there's like 31 players that are going to be hitting free agency for this franchise. So, uh, John Robinson and his, his staff are going to be very busy. No question there. No question. They are, they are going to have a lot of discussions to over the next few weeks and, and getting ready for the draft as well. Uh, so looking forward to it. Teresa Walker, AP Tennessee, Sports editor, um, said we couldn't get too much into the Preds today, but uh, we will certainly do that later this week with Pete Weber. But they are looking really good right now. So uh, at least there's, you know, some positives in, in your world, Teresa. Oh, absolutely. The Memphis Grizzlies are, have the third best yeah. record in the NBA. Um, Dom Morant probably going to be named an all-star. I mean, it'd be stunning at this point. And then lastly, you know, I, my world is looking good. You know, two weeks from tomorrow, I leave for L.A. to help cover the Super Bowl. Well, L.A. should be fun. It might be a home game. That'll All be right. interesting. So, Teresa, we appreciate your time, as always. Thank you, it will Mom, be what? Right? It will be what? 
the most excited, the most fun you've ever had covering a, a, a football game. Is that what she said? <laughs> no. Okay. Teresa Walker is awesome. We appreciate her every time we can get her. She is simply the best. We have wild and wacky coming up, Mo. Which means I get to give you the weirdest and wildest stories that I can come up with. And we get to laugh about them and talk about how ridiculous people in the world are. So I'm looking forward to a Florida man entry. So. I'm not sure if we, we've got a Texas woman, which may be worse. Oh, okay. So, yeah. You're going right. to stick around for this one. I will. That's Wild and Wacky Wednesday on Main Street Sports today. We'll be right back after this.